Sometimes people say, you get all that money. Money is green. It don't matter. It doesn't have no race. Well, it did have a race. When you have people out here that wanted to sit at the counter and spend even 5 to $50 on a hot dog and a Coca-Cola, and you wouldn't take their money because they was black, that's a problem. We at the Collective Perspective Podcast have set out on a mission to understand some of the most impactful and controversial trends and topics in our lives today. Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm Travis. I'm DJ. Can we find common ground in the middle in a peaceful manner? Not for political gain, but for real community benefit. We believe so. As veterans and concerned citizens, we are bringing together diverse views and fact-based research to navigate this tough terrain in search of a viable path forward. Only time will tell, but if we listen with open minds and try to understand each other, we just may find a solution. Or two, collectively. That is why we care about what you have to say. If something piques your interest or ruffles your feathers or tickles your fancy or whatever else you'd like, leave us an audio message at podinbox.com backslash collective perspective podcast, all one word, or directly on our show page at mtsjax.fm backslash collective perspective podcast. You'll have to log in, but that won't cost much more than your time. We'll be discussing your messages on the show, whether you give us a high five or say, hey, you better do some fact checking, fool. As long as it's positive and it's your perspective, we'll possibly give you some airtime. But remember, it needs to be family-friendly and not defamatory in nature. Hey, everybody. This is Collective Perspective Podcast, and we're here in sunny Jacksonville, Florida, talking with you collectively from the Main Street Suite at Mix Theory Studios. Collectively. The 90 Forward is commemorating Jacksonville's bicentennial with their 200 Race Card Conversations initiative. Igniting small conversations of racial healing and equity on a massive scale throughout 2022. Join the conversation. Our community can heal from the racial wounds of the past and build a future where everyone thrives collectively. Sponsored by the 90 Forward, this episode of the Collective Perspective podcast contains one of these conversations. Visit 90forward.org for more information on the 200 Conversations Initiative. That's 904WARD.org. A digital copy of the race cards are available for download through the Apple and Google Play app stores. Hey, everybody. This is Jeff on the Collective Perspective podcast and in celebration of Jacksonville's Bicentennial with 90Forward. 90Forward is a sponsor of the show. Uh, You'll learn more talking to people with different life experiences. We got that. Check mark. Discuss each card 10 to 15 minutes, then move on to additional topics. Uh, share an example or ask for one if you don't understand something. These conversations can be difficult. It's okay to acknowledge your own response. Stay open both to your feelings and to others. So I know DJ gets a little irate sometimes and his knuckles are turning red. Is that what color they turn? I never seen my knuckles turn red. No, they stay brown. Collectively. Anyway, collectively. <laughs> <laughs> so there are different topics, but you know, this is centered on a race, not race cars, not Formula Uno. That's this Spanish for a, Formula One. It is an actual physical card. So we have uh, a special guest, Brandy Mackey. Hello, everyone. Hello. We brought Brandy on. Uh, she's been on the show earlier on in tribalism, and she's a good friend of the show. She is a black business owner, proud to be, and uh, I think everybody should be proud of their race, but not one race is better than the other. I strongly believe that. But, you know, with social ties and the way they were brought up, some of our ideals may be out of whack, 
I want to let you guys know that there isn't anything here that is going to upset me or you guys to where, you know, you're going to get irate, I hope. Is there a pass button like we can sit pass? I think that's kind of the point of the race card is to talk about difficult subjects. I mean, I hope I don't offend anyone. I don't think I can be offended. I might turn red, but I, I think that all of our unique upbringings will help us come to a better understanding of everyone in general. So we're going to shuffle the cards and kind of just go from there. I did have one that I looked up, but I thought I was cheating. So I just wanted to be completely random. And uh, here we go. The first one. You want to start off, DJ? There's no problem. Okay. Why do you believe racial slurs were created to refer to minority populations? I think for control, bullying. And when I say, like, control and bullying, I think, you know, like, yelling out a slur hurt a group of people's feelings to make them feel down on themselves. It goes hand in hand with control by them or the ones that yell out the racial slurs. If if they did react to it in a, a way that they didn't prove, you know, they could possibly be murdered, hurt, beat to death or anything of that nature. So that's why I said I think it was like a power and control type of deal and ego and pride type of type of deal as well. I think plays a big factor into it. Um I agree. I think that it is a power and control using a, a slur against another race, a minority in your area. I think you hit the nail on the head. It keeps that person down. They're down on themselves. And that way, the person that says it feels superior to yeah. them. And, you know, it, there are many different slurs out there for all races. And I think a lot of them. World War Two. I mean, Gran Torino is chock full of racial slurs in there, but... I love me some Clint Eastwood movies, but that one tackled some pretty big subjects there, too. But, yeah, I think it's power and control. I was going to say that uh, racial slurs are also combined with uh, country or faith slurs, you know, like uh, religious faith or uh, what country you're from. You know, they, hey, that Polak over there or that French man doesn't smell very well. Um, cultural. Yeah, that's cultural. a cultural slur. Yeah. Like stereotypes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My take on why they were created, exactly what DJ said. One of the things I did think of, and, and to reiterate what DJ said, was it was created for some type of control or to show superiority over another race or faith or whatever. And that's all it really is, is bullying. But I also thought, too, like of Dave Chappelle and how I laugh at all his white boy jokes. And uh, I'm not offended by it. I think it's funny because I think people are different and there are certain things about people that are funny. But whether it's your intention, you know, they got this woke moment now that you can't even say anything anymore. And Cancel culture. I, cancel culture. I, I personally don't mind it because in my heart, I know that like, look, I'm not racist. I think it's funny that white people do that too, you know. And I think it's uh, part of the whole comedian thing is a gesture to get you to laugh. What do you guys think about racial slurs and comedy? I think that in time, your life progresses, right? So I used to say the N-word a lot, you know, when I was coming up. But for me, I don't use that anymore. And it's it raises kind of the, the hairs on the back of my head when I hear other people say that because of how it affects someone else, right? Um, control, I don't really think for me personally that 
it was created to control. It was created, in my opinion, to get a reaction, right? Because then your reaction causes another reaction to make it seem like, well, you're, that's the reason why you deserve to be in the position that you're in, right? I'm from Colorado. My husband's from Louisiana, right? And coon ass. Y'all ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So coon ass is like, it's occasion. They use that, you know, kind of maybe like how we would say, you know, black folks say the N-word with each other, right? And so for me growing up, if you call me a coon, that's problems. We're yeah. not about to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So with my restaurant, it's a Louisiana restaurant. So the lady comes in. She said, hey, you coon ass. <gasps> And I almost jumped over the counter (laughs) on her. And my husband was like, he seen my reaction. He was like, no, 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 no. That's a term of endearment. And I was like, a term of what? But if you don't know the history, why it was created, that's when it becomes control. Because they have controlled you to do something out of your character. So you can go to jail. You can lose your livelihood. You know, things like that. So for me, black culture, we made saying the N-word cool really because it was a hurtful thing so to eliminate that we put swag on it you know like reverse psychology we turn lemons into lemonade right if if you want to hurt somebody's feelings you say something mean to them like you're fat well they used the word to say that because they wanted to hurt your feelings and, and break your spirit so once you take that back you can't break our spirit anymore we you know like we making shirts we making hats i mean like I don't know, George Jefferson and what's his name, Archie, Archie Bunker. Bunker. Yeah, like, really, like, we need some of that back. They were very racist on each side, from what right. I understand. I mean, like, I don't even like saying the H word. And when they, <laughs> and when they got together. for a minute, H word. Yeah. And when they, got, when they got together, they made some well, really good H-E- shows. Yeah. Like, like Donkey. The Hockey yeah. Stick Guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, to me, I don't think that that's appropriate, but... It is what it is, you know, because if it hurts a person's feelings, you shouldn't say it. That's how I feel. It's so, like, the thing is with culture, with people wearing their pants down, right? Yeah. Sagging their pants. Doesn't that mean you're sexually open for anal? Well, I don't know, but this is what I tell Pushing. my, I tell you know my kids. Push and pee. I tell my kids that they created that because look at what it spells backwards. Don't say it because you probably oh, be in okay. trouble. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, okay. So it's certain things that are created. Oh, we didn't. We had the R in there. Yeah, yeah. which so we wait. What does it say again? It's sagging. sagging. That's what. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's yeah. changed my life. Right. So I mean, it's certain things that I think people do psychologically just to hurt your feelings to change where you're supposed to be in life. I think Ooh. that in culture, the words that we say, racial slurs, that you use that based on how you feel about a person. And people just use that to try to make you mad so you can do something out of your character to get you in trouble. Yeah. So I guess like maybe that's like the control part, but you ain't going to make Yeah, that's me. definitely control because if I can say something to make you get a reaction, I won. That's control. Yeah, so, I mean. Especially if, I, if you give me the reaction that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is control, yeah. yeah. But that's, to me, that's how we turned it around. Yeah. Like to me, if you call me the N-word... I'll be like, boy, you was a bigger N-word, okay? Because you was an ignorant dump donkey, okay? But if you do it like right now, you could lose your whole life. If you say that, you could lose everything that you done worked hard for. 
There's a lot of people that do say the word, and then there's obviously I respect. I, I prefer not, you know. Like I, I'm trying to listen to a song. Was Khalifa, for example, he has a new album out. And I'm like, I really like this, but there's so much N word in here. I, man, I just feel uncomfortable. I, I, it's just too much. So I had to stop. I went to another album. So before we uh, start on this topic, I don't know if you wanted to go into what you got going on in your business for for Juneteenth. For Juneteenth yes. Well, okay, so Juneteenth is something that we celebrate all the time, every year. It falls on a Sunday this year, so we won't be open. I'll be closed. Nationally, how long has it been a national celebration? I'm sure since, I think, 1865, June I thought they just made it a federal holiday, like, last year, though. Oh, yeah, they just made it a federal holiday last year, but... Okay, okay. I mean, that's what I'm saying is I've been doing Juneteenth for as long as I can remember, my um since you were in teenth <laughs> my um i have a banner in my restaurant right and it's 20 years old that was the first time we ever in your teens you, you know, i'm way out of my teens i'm a grown a woman <laughs> and so the the banner is about 20 years old i was 25 when we did our first celebration of juneteenth again i'm from colorado so i laugh a lot when i'm down here i'm like oh they don't like to celebrate juneteenth because they, they weren't very happy that the slaves were free okay so for me that is the reason why i do things out here to bring acknowledgement to expand people's culture because if you don't know then you should be able to have a place where you can get information you can celebrate with the culture and then you can learn something so sounds um, a lot like the podcast we're on yeah and that's why I'm so excited to be invited to this. We're going to have all kind of information from the 1st of June, probably to the end of June, about what Juneteenth is. Can you remind everybody what your uh, business is? Yes, it is Mackey's Munchies, New Orleans-style cooking. We do po' boys, jambalaya, beignets, gumbo. And so what I did last year, which I'm going to do again this year, just because it's easier for us right now. Things are a little crazy is i did a juneteenth roundup and where we talked about black cowboys and we talked about creole trail ride so the reason why i did juneteenth and i did a juneteenth roundup and we had cowboy hats and cowboy boots was because i'm in clay county and i feel like a lot of folks still want to celebrate culture and they want to be involved and not too many people have kente cloth or, you know, things that would represent African-American culture. But you got a cowboy boots, you got some cowboy hats and. Yeehaw. Yeah. So, and I some mean, you know that, <laughs> you know that it was in Galveston, Texas. Most people know Texas for what? Cowboys. Okay. The Alamo. They, well, I don't, yeah, I guess. Cowboys barbecue. There are cowboy hats that they yeah. wear everywhere. And so for me, that is how I celebrate in Clay County because that's where I'm at. That's where my restaurant is. But I do believe that sharing is a way of supporting. So there's going to be some amazing events all weekend long, like the Melanin Market. They're having an event all weekend. And the Move for Change, which I will be involved in that Sunday. That's where I'll be at. So sharing is caring, and that's how I support other people because I tell people about other events. So now it's a national holiday. It's nationally recognized. But this is something that it's important. General order number three was that we were free. And knowing that and celebrating it is 
what I love to do, and I love to do things with food, fellowship, and fun. So all ifs. Yeah. Effed up. Fantastic. That's, we effed <laughs> up round. We effed up round here. Well, in this room, but Miss Mackey don't play that at the restaurant. Don't be coming up in there with that because uh, I don't do that. I don't play that at all. Just a public service announcement. Hey everybody! I just want to give a shout out to Nine O Forward. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Nine O Forward. In 2015, 904 began with a small, diverse group of friends who were open to discussing, challenging, and supporting each other in racial equity. Starting with conversations, the group committed to take action to build a more inclusive Jacksonville. Since then, the movement has grown to a network of thousands of volunteers. The 904 Word Race Card Deck is a tool designed to help people take part in productive, authentic discussions about race. Their 200 Conversations for 200 Years initiative uses the race card discussions to commemorate Jacksonville's bicentennial birthday on June 15th. As they say, history brings healing. And we're doing our part by having five conversations throughout the month of June. What we're hoping to do with 90 Forward is ignite small conversations of racial healing and equality on a massive scale throughout the year 2022. Join the conversation powered by 90 Forward. Our community can heal from the racial wounds of the past and build a future where everyone thrives collectively. Collectively. Visit 904word.org for more information on the 200 Conversations Initiative and their race cards. That is 904word.org. The 904word is always looking for volunteers to become part of their initiatives. If you're interested in volunteering, email them at info at 904word.org. So uh, back to the race card. What types of privileges are allowed by people based on their race? I, I thought of only two. Yeah. Um, in twenty twenty two, the first when I think of the term privileges is white privilege and gay privilege is the ones that's relevant to this day. And I know it's other privileges, but that was like the first two that like sparked because it's in the forefront. It's like we see it on the news. We see it. You know, in the media, social media, on your timeline and everything. So, What privileges do, well, you choose first, white or gay? I guess, like, okay, with, you know. Hold on, I wasn't supposed to say gay in the state of Florida. (laughs) Or was that somewhere else? We're not teaching K through 3, so it's okay. Okay, kids, don't listen. Yeah, cover your ears, collectively. (laughs) Who knows, man, somebody's got to listen to their kids. Hey. Easy scenario, like... Say, for instance, if a minority breaks in a car or gets caught with drugs and then, you know, uh, a Caucasian, same exact thing, the the punishment they could, get could be, like, different. Maybe one can get three to five years, another one can get, you know, probation or some stuff you pick up trash. Community, Community service or something. And then, you know, gay privilege. If you say something negative or it looks like it's kind of like bullying towards the... LGBTQ community, you can definitely be a top candidate for cancel culture. You can be looked at as a bully, and people will be at your neck online. Like definitely, your notifications won't <laughs> will not sleep. When I think of uh, privilege based on race, I, I see your point. I see your point that, and and I and I see that statistics wise and in the media, but isn't it to me? Isn't Privilege based on your wealth, right? Because 
I think there's a yeah. lot of things like I think even Chappelle was talking about one time where Babyface straight up shot somebody in the face, but he had the money to get away with it. He didn't get corporal punishment. Was that Babyface? The baby. The baby is that that that's your friend? Oh, it was a self defense type of deal. Dick Cheney like, shot his friend well, in the I, face That's too. what I was thinking. Was yeah. Dick Cheney, that's the only person I know that shot somebody in the face. I think that was I was actually before his fame. Well, a good example of what I'm talking about is O.J. Simpson. How do you explain yeah. that? That's money. That wasn't his race that got him off. That was money that got him off, right? And status. Money and status, yeah. I'm not denying the fact that white people do get advantages in some things when it comes to like what DJ was talking about. I think more white people are cognitive to it, though. And I've never, I guess I've really never had the experience of a colleague of a different race getting treated differently at work in the military, especially. I didn't see it. Was it there before? Definitely. In my dad's time, Vietnam and all that kind of stuff when segregation was even worse. But, you know, a lot of ways, like I said in previous podcasts, segregation kind of harmed the black community in a lot of ways, too, because it took a lot of their wealth. Are you saying desegregation harmed them by taking a lot of their wealth? Yes. I think that's what you had said before in that earlier podcast. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, there used to be a lot of black businesses and a lot of them went away. You know, I mean, let's face it, corporate America has eliminated a lot of private businesses. You know, a killer Mike of uh, Run the Jewels in Trigger Warning has an episode on Netflix if you want to check it out. He completely goes over how the black community has, you know, suffered from that because uh, they lost a lot of money. for example, his first episode was, I got to travel to this other city, but it can only be by a black-owned thing. Yeah. He couldn't even buy weed because it was from some white dude yeah. that he bought it from. He had um, a bicycle for transportation. He had a bicycle because that was the only black-owned business that was there it's, trying to get food. Great example if you see it. Trigger warning is called. Yeah. I can see how you would lose a lot of business. I mean, you have some affluent African-Americans who have their own business, and they're pretty much their own town and there's there's a class system there, just as there is in the adjoining community on the other side of the tracks, as they call it. But uh, when you mix it all in, it, yeah, I can see how that would just push a lot of those businesses out because people want to try something new or they don't. Or, you know, those prejudices were so big and so ingrained in people's minds back uh, even now in some places to... Just be like, eh, it's an inferior product. No, I can't do this. When actually, you're probably getting a better product. That competition is what drives the the innovation for better products. It doesn't matter what race you are. But as far as privilege is concerned, maybe I'm blind to it. I haven't seen it. I don't think I've felt it. I know depending on what part of the country I've lived in, I couldn't get a job. When you remember right when I got out of the Navy was in Central California, and I couldn't even get a job waiting tables, working at Taco Bell. I couldn't get a job anywhere for like a year, and I was like, this kind of sucks. Well, you you thought you couldn't get a job because you were white? Central California is a very high immigrant from Mexico, and being over there, it was hard, and maybe it was because I was fresh out of the Navy, and I didn't have the skill set that they wanted, but I went back to Taco Bell because I did that in high school. I was like can do this i couldn't i looked and looked and looked for probably a good six months when i was there before we moved out of there to come back to the east coast to go to school okay so the problem i'm having with this is that 
I guess y'all are talking about Tulsa and about the segregation and and things like that, right? To come back to the comment for you, and then you're. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. In no way was I saying that I'm for segregation. I'm just saying that it was an interesting topic. That right, but I just, I mean, to me, the thing that people need to understand, and maybe I can lend my perspective, is that. What makes it privilege is that when a culture or a group of people are doing well and you come in and you blow up their stuff and you kill a bunch of people and nobody's held accountable for it and you can go on with your lives like it's nothing, that is privilege. Okay. So for me, yeah. yeah, that, well, that's, that's absolutely what it is. You can't be upset that someone else has created an environment that is doing products. Like it's good to be able to exchange products, right? That's being competitive. But when you get mad because you can't beat them and they're doing better than you're doing, and then you take stuff and you blow up their stuff, that is wrong. Has that personally happened to you? Or can you give us an example? I mean, for me, you know, it's not, has somebody came to blow up my stuff or take stuff away from me? Absolutely not. But my father was a preacher in Tulsa, right? My sister was born in Tulsa. So these are the kind of things that, we know about, we hear about, we're warned about in black culture. So to me, if we're all in the same thing together as humans and you don't see the same thing or feel the same anger that I do, to me, that's kind of off-putting. Desegregation was because white people didn't want to deal with black people, period. That's how I draw the line on that, right? Sometimes people say, you get all that money. Money is green. It don't matter. It doesn't have no race. Well, it did have a race. When you had people out here that wanted to sit at the counter and spend even 5 to $50 on a hot dog and a Coca-Cola, and you wouldn't take their money because they was black, that's a problem. When you look at it like, you know, what you were saying is that you moved to California, you didn't get a job, and that's why I asked, would you think it was because... You were white and there was a lot of immigration. Guess what? You could probably pass that you were Russian. You was a white Mexican. You was, I don't, I mean, anything. you could be Cuban. I mean, so to me. I was going to say, they probably, you know, if you were applying to Taco Bell or whatever, dude, they probably saw you as overqualified because when in 2008, when I lost my job, I couldn't get a job at Target. I was overqualified for it. I was going to get bored and quit. I wanted to go back to having the same anger. It's kind of hard because as, as a white male, there's certain things that I don't think about because it's not something that was a topic to me or an issue, you know? Whereas if you were a black male, you might had some things in your life. We probably have had some type of interaction where, you know, you were looked at because you were black. Does it anger me that people think that way? Yes. Does it anger me the same way? I don't think it affects me the same way to, to anger me as much. I want it to stop. There's a lot of things I want. To, but the, all I could do is uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk about like, hey, you're black and I'm white. Let's be friends. In my mind, I've kind of just looked past race and not dwell on that stuff just in my own personal self. I, I mean, I know I'm aware of it, but I try to eliminate it every way I can, you know. Well, I mean, we're playing a game called race card, right? But that's how race card is played, right? Yeah. So to me, let me just say this for me, when 
you said, have I experienced anything like that? Like somebody coming to blow up my building or something well, I mean, like you that? Well, you an example like that. Maybe you were just giving, I mean, that could But that's been. not an example. That's facts. That really happened. I mean, like. Well, people, I was at, if it really happened, I was like, where did it happen? It happened in Tulsa. See, I didn't know anything about Tulsa. So, so tell so, us what happened in Tulsa. Well, that's what are you talking about? I don't know anything about that. So we have a homework assignment, and that's why Black History is relevant because that's is that's an actual event that happened. Hundreds of people lost their lives, lost everything that they had. So Google Tulsa, Black Wall Street. It's important to know history because you don't know what a trigger could be to somebody by saying that, you know. And and to me, this is what how the race card bothers me, right? Because you don't know about what the actual fact was, what I was talking about. You asked me, had that happened to me personally, right? Well, you said Tulsa. Oh, you must be talking about Tulsa. I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know what she means by Tulsa. So I, I think a lot of uh, what racism is maybe interpreted as is just ignorance. Um and ignorance doesn't mean you're stupid or you're racist. It just means you don't know, right? Yes, when but you're ignorant about something. If you're so ignorant, so if I don't to the know law, about something, you can't expect me to know about it. But without, if, without researching it, or right? You but if me you run a red light, you can't be ignorant to the law. They still gonna give you a ticket. And so in this life that we're living, it's you. Well, you, you have a license to drive, so I don't see that as a relevant example. When you have a license to live, we got a license to all live together. But if you're not aware of that, ignorance don't get you a pass on that. Right. It doesn't. I I would say that until I knew math, nobody was judging me. I didn't know what five plus five was. Yeah. But if somebody was taking the money from you because you couldn't do the math and you was ignorant to do the math, they still was robbing you. Right. That still would be wrong. Right. If you don't know the math and somebody taking your money from you. Because you don't know the math. Is it their fault that you didn't know the math so they kept the extra change? You still would be upset once you figured out how to do the math, right? And you still would want your money back from them, wouldn't you? So, yeah. So that's my perspective of things. And for me, that is the reason why maybe my voice is elevated. I'm, when we leave out of here, we're going to still kumbaya. I'm going to take me a drink of water. But that is the reason why history is important. That's the reason why when you say the race card, that's why sometimes people get upset because instead of taking it in, people challenge the information that you're giving, right? Just because someone doesn't know anything doesn't mean they're racist. Well, and I absolutely agree with that. But until you know that, you won't feel that. And then you can't help people the way that you really have, want to in your heart, right? If you don't, if you don't because know. Because I don't know about Tulsa. If you don't know how that makes a person feel, like, so do you love me, right? You care? Of course I love you. Okay, so do you see how how the energy changed or how I look or how you feel right now, right? We, we, I'll admit I'm a little upset, but it's okay. because I think, I think we're talking in circles and we're confusing things, but. Well, so I don't want you to be confused, but this is, this is good information. It's a good topic to understand what it really means to play the race card and not just a game on what they're asking us to do because that is to me to me what you did not in ignorance but just being who you are and as having a topic of discussion is how people play the race card we say how we feel what happened or what's happening you a person will challenge back what did that happen to you? What difference does it make if it happened to me? It's an event that happened that changed history and changes the way that people think and react to things. So at the end of the day, 
we both know more, so we should do better. I knew a little bit about it. And uh, when you said the Black Wall Street, that's when it clicked in me. Uh, yeah, they burnt the, uh, the town down. They burnt the town down, but it was like the economic epicenter yeah. of black wealth, I, yeah. I think. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Then they not only burned it, it down, like Wall they used military planes to drop bombs on the town. I guess I got to catch up on my black history, so I'm not ignorant. Well, yes. And you know a good place to start? With Mrs. Mackey. Look, I understand this is about everything about it is the about the race card could bring up emotions like that. And they they mentioned it, but but that's the privilege. I don't, I don't look at you or think of you any differently than before you walked in. And I think that's what the difference is. A, a lot of people in this country don't do that kind of stuff. And I think that was a perfect example. A lot of people in the United States would just say, you know what, Brandy? And they were just blown up from there and walked out. But I think, I don't think that's what we're about. But I, you know, obviously emotions do arise when I think there's misunderstandings. And I think that's probably where we're kind of at. Where so for me, the privilege that non-blacks have compared to white folks, and I, I hate saying that, but chocolate, vanilla people, different cultures, is that you get, it's, it's the privilege to get upset about something that is truthful. I mean, you know, like, I don't have the privilege to say that these things happen and walk out and not worry about things being different. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that is the privilege that I feel like a lot of non-white cultures have. You can say what you say, feel what you want, walk away, and then it's okay. So for me, that is the definition sometimes that I have to deal with, white privilege. I have to say, okay, I'm going to forgive. We're going to walk in love when both cultures are stating facts, talking about real things that happen. So, I mean, to answer the question, that's that's for me is a privilege that I see a lot. That was, uh, we ran way over time on that. What were you going to say, Travis? No, it was a HBO miniseries that I saw. It was on The Watchmen. It had a, it had some episodes about the, the massacre because that show jumped around from time in time. And that was, I, I had to look it up. I had to know where I saw that from, where I'd heard it from, but it was on The Watchmen. That was a, that was a dark series on HBO. I guess you got to be privileged to watch HBO. Yes. Pay the, pay the cost. I don't have no HBO. I don't have HBO. <laughs> we got some good discussion here, and this is kind of the discussion that we've been wanting to have. I mean, you know, we got, it got a little animated, but I don't think it got out of control. You know, I this like, is never fun. I like fun. to say conflict no, is yeah. different than combat. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> never fun. It's never fun to have these kind of real-life discussions. It's just not fun. It's not. But at the end of the day... You know, when you walk away with a different perspective, that's the reason why I like coming on the show, right? Because I get to be somewhat who I really am is Brandy. Mrs. Mackey is my business, but I get to lean my perspective on things. You know, a lot of folks think sometimes my business is good. You know why? Why? Oh, your food must be good. You got so many white people that come in there and eat with you. I be looking like, what? What kind of ignorant stuff is that? But you know what? I can't, like I say it on your show, but I can't really say it what I want to say to people because it's not kind. Different. 
it's not kind. And you know why? You, when I look at you, when you look at like the demographics, well, I'm in a place that is predominantly white. Right. That's I'm in Clay County. Right. So that's where I am. That's where I started in my community. I lived in Fleming Island. That's where I started my business in my community. But that's the perspective that people have. And that's the reason why I enjoy the invitation, because I get to really lean my perspective on what is happening, what is going on and what my thoughts are, because where I am is way different than really sometimes what's happening in the world. Would you say that you're serving ethnic food? Because here's here's a different spin on it. To me, if I want some good Mexican food, I don't go for where the white people eat. I go where the Mexican people eat. I go where the Asian people eat, you know. But that's if I'm looking for a specific cultural thing. Mm-hmm. But New Orleans food could be any race, right? Well, not really. But- I mean, really? Well, no, it's Creole Creole and Cajun, right? And so, like, our our business is Creole, which is more African, right? Cajun is more, I can't think of the word. Yeah, it's Arcadian is basically what they call it. It's Arcadian, right? And so, you know, it is different. And so when people come into the restaurant, they be like, oh, I want some collard greens and some yams i'll be like baby i don't serve that this ain't georgia i mean but 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 they expect they expect that because they see this brown body they see this brown body so they're expecting to have something like that but i do new orleans style food which is gumbo jambalaya po' boys and so some folks they don't really feel like that it's really cajun or creole because i don't serve pork my husband don't eat pork. He's the executive chef. If he don't eat it, I'm not selling it because I lose money. That's that's how I think, right? So if you want something with pork, buy it, cut up some sausage, and put it in when you get home. I'm not selling stuff I can't make no money on. But in Louisiana, you getting fat back, you getting andouille sausage, you getting boudin, you getting all of that. And so for me, we don't do that because we don't eat it. And then the culture is changing. It's a lot of vegetarians. It's a lot of people eating clean. Right. So that's the reason why we do that stuff. And But at the end of the day, food brings people together and I get to do something that will bring anybody together. I, I mean, you know what? The craziest thing I've had white folks walk into my restaurant. They want to come and eat New Orleans style food. They see me and my husband. They'd be like, I don't eat that type of food. I'll be like, what? You don't eat chicken. You don't eat rice. What do they see is New Orleans beans. type white people cooking it? No, they see that it's black owned and I'm black and they don't want to patronize a black owned business. So they they can get their racist self out of there. Well, hey, that's what I say. God bless you and yours. All money ain't good money. And if you don't want to spend it, God bless you and yours. That's why I got to sign up on my thing that says be nice or take your food to go. So I don't serve on anything that a person got to stay because if you don't like that energy and you don't really I want you to still be able to enjoy the food. Food don't discriminate. If you're hungry, you got to eat. And if you don't like me, oh, God bless you and yours. Peace out. You've been listening to the Collective Perspective Podcast, a mature show with the intention of making a difference in society. The Collective Perspective encourages civil debate on our podcast on very controversial topics. In the month of June, we are doing uh, 200 Conversations for 200 Years initiative sponsored by 90 Forward. On June 15th, At the Underbelly, downtown Jacksonville, 
7 p.m. to 10 p.m., we are doing a live race card with our buddy Jeremy Mency, former Jaguar and a former Gator. And Tatiana Yoga is author of Life Outside the Game, a sex trafficking testimonial. DJ PM of Mixed Theory Studios is going to be our host DJ. And, you know, have some cocktails and listen to us instead of drinking alone at your house, listening collectively. <laughs> See, that blows my mind because I don't, I don't really even conceive, like, so you're, you're saying that that's your life? Like, I didn't even think, think of that, you know, like, that somebody would go in and go, I'd be more like, hey, the guy that used to cut my hair was always talking about Trump. He didn't cut my hair anymore. Mm. You know, I was just tired of hearing about it. But to walk into a business and call them out for their race and I don't support this business, this type of business, that's, that's a special person right there. Well, I mean, it's special people that it's, these are real life things. And at the end of the day, you deal with it or that's the perspective because for me, why I do what I do is because I want to be that person that they see that maybe they give the loan to next because they are executive in the building. They ain't never had a good experience with a black person, but they remember Brandy Mackey. I want to be the person that they see that they're scared to hire somebody to cut their lawn, but they think of the Mackeys. You know, so you sometimes you have to be that light and that change, it, even in white culture. It's some black folks that don't want to deal with white folks because they have been hurt so bad. This kind of perspective, this kind of dialogue is good to understand and good to share because they might change. They might do the same thing that we do as a culture sometimes with other people. I mean, you can't you, you're going to cancel culture because you're talking about a person and, and telling them about history. You know, and telling them, like, you might be somewhere and be like, raise the roof, toss a, burn it down. You was just having fun, and somebody thinks about that and be ready to kick your behind because they thinking you're being racist, and all you're doing is singing a song or something. But if you know that, then that makes you more aware, right? So you might not do it in that setting. Or you understand why they was upset. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, this is, I didn't know anything. I honestly had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, see, job well done, Miss Mackey. Go ahead, girl. Work it out. <laughs> the person. What are you supposed to say? The collective perspective. No, he's collectively. Collectively. <laughs> collectively. Ain't nobody got that voice like him. Mm -hmm. Come on, drop that. That was dope. You didn't say that, but make sure you don't cut that. Collectively. Collectively. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're signing off for now. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed some conversation about racial. I don't know if there were differently in differences. I think we all kind of felt that, you know. I, I think we have all, a lot of the same feelings about coming together, but we did have different perspectives of. Yeah, we definitely certain, had different perspectives, but uh, I think we all like want the best. Yes. You've been listening to the Collective Perspective Podcast, a mature show with the intention of making a difference in society. So take a ride with us. Join us at the Collective Perspective Podcast, where your personal truths get a little power wash. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Collective Perspective Podcast whenever you listen to your podcasts. You can also show support for our mission by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash collective pod and donating whatever you feel inspired to. 
We appreciate any help keeping the lights on to bring you thoughtful and research content as part of this show. Visit the Collective Perspective Podcast show page on mtsjax.fm, Jacksonville's new music and multimedia network sponsored by Mixed Theory Studios. You can find the transcripts of this episode along with the show notes, material references, links you heard about, and more. Hey, I want to give a special shout out and a thanks to the real Jay Dash, a Jacksonville hero, producer, and artist for sharing his original music with this show and to the Mixed Theory Studios for recording and production services. We couldn't have done it without either of them. Thank you so much.